coronavirus threw a wrench in that. A lot of specific states were still able to do it. Like here in Michigan, there were still ways to get 5% down conventional for multifamily. I happened to do a few with clients, but it was much more challenging because they weren't conforming with Fannie and Freddie because they put those restrictions on. Well, they halted those. We don't know what that means yet, but it means that they are now working out a plan to continue that for the consumer. That spells uh, good news for us as house hackers. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast, where you'll learn the path to free rent and financial freedom through real estate. Featuring your hosts, Brad Labrie and Drew Klingler. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Bradley Labrie. And today I want to talk about the podcast sponsor, Rentometer. Whether you already have an established rental business or analyzing your first rental deal, you know that getting the rent right is crucial to lowering investment risk and optimizing your rental income. That's why the go-to source for rent data is Rentometer. Property investors and property managers rely on Rentometer because it is the fastest and easiest way to access quality rent data for addresses and neighborhoods anywhere in the United States. You can also research current, local comps, trends, and property data. Don't take our word for it. Rentometer analyzes over 500,000 rents per month and gets rave reviews from customers. My property manager, myself, and my clients all use Rentometer anytime we were looking to purchase a new property to know exactly what we can get for our properties. Go to Rentometer.com today to get your seven-day free trial and save up to 60%. Grow your rental business smarter with Rentometer. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining. Real quick, before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that we have a free download available in the description of the show notes. It is the guide to house hacking called the House Hacking Blueprint. If you want to learn how house hacking works, go download that guide and you can start learning right away. Welcome to the House Hacking Success Podcast. I'm here with Bradley. We're going to talk about real estate today. So what's going on with you lately? Yeah, man, it's been a busy year, a fun year. You know, we have now bought more property this year than I have throughout my entire, you know, seven, eight years in real estate, we just continue to add to our portfolio of flips and rentals, you know, started the brokerage. We talked a little bit about that on one of the last podcasts. So, you know, we're forming out our team here, we'll end up having 20 or 30 agents out of my office. And so we're building out the new building that I just bought. It's housing the brokerage, it's housing my construction company. It also has outdoor storage. So the outdoor storage pays for the entire building, which is one of the reasons why I bought it. So yeah, you know I mean? Things are moving. Our construction company is really growing. We have five guys working for us full time. So services both our work and then we do quite a bit of insurance work and things like that. So it's fun, exciting, but a lot of hours go into all the things we got going right now and stressful as well, you know, because trying to provide quality service to all of our clients and keeping quality at our buildings and stuff. It's It's been a fun year. Yeah, I bet. I mean, every time I call you, you're like, yeah, I just bought another house, doing another flip, just sold this house. You know, a lot of action going on and it's really great to see. Yeah, man. Apparently my niche is buying condemned properties because in my area, every time a place gets condemned, I buy it. So, Do you think that goes back to like when you first started? I know you, you bought that house in Flint, your first purchase, and then the threeplex that we turned into a fourplex, you know, that was pretty condemned as well. Do you think yeah. like you just we, found comfort in condemned we, properties? We, just, we have the resources to be able to take that and, and we have the connections too, you know, especially in my area, I have a really good relationship with the building, the you know, building inspectors and the townships. And so when it comes to working those things out, I have full comfort knowing that 
we'll be able to resolve any resolution. Like the one that I just bought last night, actually, when you and I had talked, I saw it come on the market. I know a lot of people had uh, quite a few questions and I'm sure they were all trying to get a hold of the township. Little do they know township isn't open on Friday. So, you know, they got to wait till Monday to figure out what the township needs, where I have the full comfort knowing that, all right, going into it, you know, we can take on really whatever, whatever is necessary. If we have to update to code for electrically, if we have to take on some plumbing or, I mean, this place needs a full gut. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's probably, you know, I peeked my head in the place and then took a little lap around and there's definitely probably bed bugs in there and it's disgusting, but ultimately for what we paid for it, you know, we have resources to be able to make this a really nice rental. And in my market, like many markets in the country, there are virtually no single family rentals available, which is something that I don't know that we've ever talked about, but I've watched the supply and the demand for single family residential rentals just climb like this. Quite a few people don't want to pay these overinflated or perceived overinflated prices in real estate for, you know, to buy a conventional house, but they don't want to go into an apartment, right? And so, but they don't have the choices available. And so we've really turned to the single family rental, you know, because there's a lot of demand, a lot of really good people want to get out of apartments. They don't want to buy right now and they'll stay there for a really long time. And generally speaking, they'll take care of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting that you say that. So there's that Warren Buffett quote that I think it was Warren Buffett, but he says, be fearful when other people are greedy and greedy when other people are fearful. And I've noticed like multifamily, you know, when you look at people online that are promoting that you can make money in multifamilies, a lot of people are investing in multifamilies and it's very, very hot right now. And that almost makes it feel like there's going to be a shift at some point to the single families. And at some point, people might start seeing what you're seeing, that the high demand of single family rentals is going to go up because especially like where I live, there's a ton of apartment complexes coming up all Mm -hmm. over the place and people want their space, right? They want a yard and all that. And even if they're renting, like, you know, at some point they're going to want a single family. So I think there's going to be like a big shift. And I think you're ahead of the curve there. I love multifamily. We own three yeah. multifamily buildings. And, you know, for us, I mean, it, it, there's diversification within it. And then with single family, you just, the options are endless. Like for people unaware of kind of the process, like getting multifamily valued and appraised, if you're trying to sell it is, can be very challenging because generally speaking, multifamily doesn't sell that often. And if they do, generally speaking, again, it's from landlords that have held them for decades or quite some time. And so they're probably not, you know, top of the line rentals and they might go for a little bit of a discount given the fact that they have deferred maintenance and things like that. So the appreciation on multifamily, generally speaking, is very slow and methodical because mm-hmm. generally why you're buying it is for the cash flow, not for the appreciation. Where in single family, you know, you obviously have homeowners renovating their property to sell. You have investors renovating properties to sell. And that appreciation is steady and firm, generally speaking, over time. Even when we have seen down markets, single family responds very quickly generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, we really like the fact that you generally get a a better quality tenant. They're going to stay there longer. They know that there's no single family. I probably, as an agent, probably twice a month, get somebody that I know or, you know, a client text me, say, Hey, do you have a three bedroom house available for rent? Like, do you know anyone that might have it or do you or whatever? And it's just, it's been increasing steadily, like Mm -hmm. over the last 18 months, like more and more and more and more people, because all these landlords getting frustrated with the, you know, the lockdowns and not paying rent. They're just renovating. They're kicking out the tenants. They're doing a basic rehab 
and they'll sell it for top dollar because you know that's what they can do right now. And so all these properties are going back to homeownership and there isn't the incentive to rent because increasingly, especially in good markets, it's tough to find a 1% rule anymore. In a decent house, in a good area for 1% rent to price ratio. Generally, now you're down in like the 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 ratio in modest markets, you know, like yours and mine, and most of the people listening. So, you know, those are some of the factors. And I, I really like the uh, single family niche right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's been a lot of rental demand too lately. So I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but I had a unit go up a couple months for rent and I had. I listed this on Facebook to start just Facebook. I had 180 messages from just Facebook. Just my DMs were getting lit up from just that marketplace post. I mean, there's people looking all over the place. So yeah. rent demand is really high right now. And 100%. you know, when I was looking at it, I was like, wow, I could have listed this for a hundred dollars more than what I listed it for and yeah. found a renter. No problem, but it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, that was at a duplex. That was an upper unit of a duplex. I can imagine what the demand would be like at a single family right now if the demand's that high. For it's, it's very, very high. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it just depends on, you know, the place. Obviously we flip, we flip most of the properties we buy right now, but a lot of them are just more conducive for rentals. Like this one, I know a lot of markets, they don't have basements, but here in Michigan, for whatever reason, even though the climate sucks for basements, everyone wants a basement. And so properties on slabs, which is a concrete foundation, they tend to have very poor resale value. It's tough to find somebody because people love storage, right? So this mm-hmm. place is on a slab, which is you know fine for me. It works great as a rental. It means that all the plumbing and all that is generally either in the attic or in the walls, more accessible. You, know, you don't got to worry about basements leaking and foundation issues, things like that for the most part. So this works out really well. Awesome. What have you learned? Just, I mean, you've done quite a few rehabs and flips and stuff like that. You know, you started off doing it by yourself. You got a team now you're working with a lot of people. What have you just learned about the processes that go into that? And how have you like refined the process of rehabbing a house? Okay, guys, we got to be honest here. Rent Ready is a property management software that is truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this isn't just a boring old podcast ad about how you can manage all your units, maintenance, screening, leases, tenants, and rent using Rent Ready's mobile app. No, this podcast ad is a secret because this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game changing feature that will save you a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. But we can't share it just yet. Make sure you stay tuned to the House Hacking Success podcast for that surprise reveal. Because we have it on good authority that Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know once the top secret feature is ready. In the meantime, if you're looking to get started using Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, get signed up and save 50% off any Rent Ready plan using our special code SUCCESS. That's 50% off any rent ready plan when you sign up using our code success at rentready.com. Go to R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. Use code success for 50% off any rent ready plan. Let's get back to the show. What have you just learned about the processes that go into that? And how have you like refined the process of rehabbing a house? Like five years ago, I really saw my brother's been in contracting for quite some time, 15 years or so. And um, working with him and, and things like that, you know, five, eight years ago, 
I really noticed the less and less people are going in trades. And this has been a multi-decade thing, but less and less people are going into hard labor and trades. And especially now because incomes are rising faster than they ever have, especially for entry-level jobs. And so it's increasingly challenging to find labor, you know, and, and then now the cost of construction not only materials, where materials have finally come back to earth a little bit, but labor for, for contractors have dramatically increased just because there's fewer and fewer. And so for me, it's been a lot more challenging to find good quality people. And so I think that's always the key is finding good people. And so that means you got to you gotta vet more people, you got to interview more people, you got to have more people out to take a look at jobs. And then you have to reward the relationships that are the good ones. You know, I've never really understood the transactional approach people take to business for the most part. Like I understand why they do it, but I've always believed in in relationships. Some people will sit there and, and try to save 300 bucks by shopping around nine different lenders. And every time they do a loan, they go to a different lender. You know, there's some validity to that, I suppose. But from my experience, it is complete. It is, you know, there is nothing like a relationship and a mortgage broker to be able to go to a bank and, and make something happen that no one else can do. Especially right now with people being like three months out, contractors mm-hmm. that you've done repeated business with, putting you in front of the other people that, you know, it, it's their first time, right? Like those are the kind of things that happen when you build relationships. For people doing remodels, like having good contractors, building those relationships, uh, rewarding them for doing quality work. Sometimes even, you know, I've dabbled around with giving incentives and bonuses for getting things done before deadline, you know, and, and hey, you know, you say you can do it here. If you can do it by then, I'll give you an extra, you know, whatever bonus to, to complete that project. And, you know, and, and people see that and they enjoy it. And when you make their lives easier, give them a scope of work up front, you get them plans and things like that. You really start to get the cream of the crop to, to come help you and, and you learn as well. Yeah. And if Brad refers you a lender and you refinance through him, he does it ridiculously fast too. Like what, what happened was it? Me? Was it like uh, six days or something? It was, yeah, it was some, it was close to that. It was real fast. Yeah. Rocky's the man. Yeah. It that goes for anything. You know, like like uh I just firmly believe in relationships. I think that's sort of a dying thing. You know, people it's increasingly transactional. You can go on, you know, you can go on uh, Amazon and click and order whatever you want and you know, it's not a it's not a relationship-based transaction anymore. And that goes for most things. I've witnessed time and time and time and time and time again relationships, people going to the third parties, for instance, for this case, you know, lenders or whatever, going to third party market and be able to change things or or getting a manual underwriting, you know, or whatever. And that goes for no matter what it is. I just I'm a firm believer that relationships make things happen more than anything else. I believe it. And you know, you're living proof of that. I've seen you. One thing I really like about you is that when you get a group of people together that might not know each other, you always try to connect them. And that's one of the first things that I ever saw you do was when we were working on that threeplex, you know, rehabbing it, turning it into a fourplex. My brother-in-law, you know, me and him were doing the HVAC at the time. Uh, there was some other guys. I think we had, you know, the plumber there, a couple guys doing drywall and all that. And you got them all together over lunch and you introduced them all, you know, trying to connect them. And, you know, you, you kind of, I don't know, have you ever read the book, The Giver? I have not. Oh, okay. It's a good one. It's a quick read. You should check it out. But there's a guy in there. There's a character and they call him the connector. And he's basically the guy who puts all these people together. And like, you remind me of that guy in that book. Nice. I'm, I'm going to have to give it a read. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
You're the connector. I do my best, man. And I just think that's important. If you're going to last in this business long-term, if you're going to continue to get contractors to do your jobs on time, on schedule, put you in front of other people, you have to, there's got to be a reason for that. Everyone listening at your jobs, you probably don't show up for free. You probably don't go above and beyond if people are taking advantage of you. And so much what I see people do with contractors is just, it's so transactional. You know, it's never looking at, okay, how can I incentivize them to get this done so that a win-win situation, you know, and um, I often see win-lose attempts between those relationships. And uh, I just tend to think that that's the wrong approach. Absolutely. So we got some news going on. You know, we got some things happening in the market. Just saw an article that the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac multifamily lending caps are going to be suspended. Can you go into details about that and explain to everybody what's going on? Sure. Obviously, I'm no mortgage professional, uh, so consult consultant mortgage professional, but the FHFA and the Treasury suspended uh, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae's limits on on several different things. And one of them being secondary homes and multifamily with with the 5% down conventional. We got accustomed to over the years in house hacking and coronavirus threw a wrench in that. A lot of specific states were still able to do it. Like here in Michigan, there were still ways to get 5% down conventional for multifamily. I happened to do a few with clients but it was much more challenging because they weren't conforming with Fannie and Freddie because they put those restrictions on. Well, they halted those. We don't know what that means yet, but it means that they're now working out a plan to continue that for the consumer. That spells uh, good news for us as house hackers. you know. And, and I think that a lot of people out there, it's kind of the perfect storm because right now what we're seeing, and we're going to talk about this next, is that you know, things are starting to plateau a little bit in real estate. Days on market nationally are starting to increase. The St. Louis Fed put out a statistic the other day about days on market. And, and you know, from, from June to August, they've increased. And so that's sort of a thing that we're starting to see, especially here locally, but also nationally. And it means that heading into winter, there's probably going to be more opportunities for us as house hackers. There's probably going to be more properties staying there a little bit longer. And if and when they allow this 5% again, I think we could see a lot of house hackers really taking advantage of that. I think a lot of people are going to be able to um, do some really cool things. And I think generally speaking, interest rates are going to stay pretty low which means that our payments are going to stay pretty much low and rents have throughout the country just dramatically increased. We've never seen the sizable rental increase month over month like we have over you know this year. It bodes well for house hackers. Yeah, absolutely. And historically like from what I've seen, it seems like when November hits, things just start to sit on the market, but things haven't been as hot as they as they have been this year, but when I was looking at the duplex that I'm in right now, even a couple of years ago, I remember, so I ended up buying this one and I think it was like uh, March, but I remember looking at some like duplexes and it was November, December, and they were sitting on the market 60, 70 days. And then all of a sudden, you know, March comes around, April comes around and the same types of properties were only sitting on the market for a week. Uh, they were going a lot faster. And it was like, as soon as things started to warm up, I don't know if there is a correlation between that and the weather, but you know, even with the duplexes that in my market, they sit around in the winter and they really do. So it really is in a good opportunity. And this year might be a great opportunity for a house hacker to find the right property. Hopefully this conventional 5% comes to fruition <clears throat> because, you know, FHA has its challenges, you know, just the appraisal process with the conforming process. Um, things like that. And conventional allows you 
to get properties that you know might need if you want to get some you know TLC uh, multifamily, it's challenging to do that with FHA. And then beyond that, very few landlords want to sell to FHA, you know, which is also another barrier that a lot of people have hit, including mm-hmm. myself this year. Um, so, you know, if we can get back to the 5% down, it allows people to, you know, get some properties that otherwise they wouldn't be able to, uh, and they don't want to come up with 20% down. I'm hopeful that, uh, they'll be able to get this, you know, uh, through and, and they'll start rolling these out with conforming loans. And, uh, you know, anytime we get any news or updates, we'll keep everyone posted. We'll probably even bring Rocky, my mortgage broker on here to sort of discuss it. Him and I have been in, in communication this week about it some of the things he's hearing and, and seeing, but yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're very hopeful. Yeah. I know if the stars align, I personally, that would be something I'd be looking into for the next property. I did an FHA on the duplex that I'm in right now and the sellers weren't accepting FHA. So when they list like what they're accepting, FHA was not there. And most people were not accepting FHA. So we just had to write off the offer anyways and be like, will you accept an FHA? Here's the offer. And, you know, just go for it anyways, just because they say they're not accepting it doesn't necessarily mean they won't consider it when you submit an offer. But my strategy was I refinanced this house into a conventional so I could free up that FHA. But, you know, if this 5% down loan on multifamilies comes to fruition, that's going to be something that I'll strongly consider as well. Sure. For sure. No, I mean, it's uh, very, very hopeful that we're able to get this figured out. Yeah. So if anyone needs any connections, if you need to find an agent, lender, doesn't matter where you are. We met a lot of people through our Instagram account and online through the podcast. We got a database of all these people that we know, the areas that they live. So if you need help getting connected to someone, just reach out. If we don't know someone, we're happy to make a post and try and find the right person. Just shoot us a DM. You can shoot us an email. If you go to our website, there's a contact us form. Just let us know if you need help. Yeah. Lots of investors, lots of house hackers around the country, agents that house hack, lenders that house hack. You know, I think there's power in relationships. I think there's power in the emotional support they bring. And that's that's probably the biggest thing. If you're going to last in this industry, if you're going to you know get to financial independence, if you're going to leave your job early, if you're going to do a lot of the things that we all set out to do, it takes being connected and it takes emotional support. And that's what we aim to do here. So reach out to us. We'll absolutely connect you with anyone and everyone we know in your market. And if you're somebody out there that is a house hacker and you want to get connected to some of these you know, aspiring house hackers, reach out to us as well. And we'll put us put you into the database. That way we can start connecting people and growing the community uh, as large and as empowered as possible. Yeah. You know, maybe we need to make a Facebook group or something and get people together that are all house hackers. But, you know, shifting gears, you know, one of the most important things with house hacking is understanding cash flow. There's two factors that really go into it as far as cash flow when you're looking at a house hack. The first perspective that you have to look at it is what is the cash flow going to be when you're living inside of the property? Because typically you're going to have to live there for a year when you get an owner occupied loan. And then what is the cash flow going to be when you move out? Because ideally, what the goal of house hacking is, it's not only to cut out your rent, but it's to buy a rental property for a low down payment. And that's why we use these owner occupied loans that are zero to 5% down. So you can get into a property that's going to cash flow when you move out and put very little money down. That's why we love house hacking so much. That's why we talk about it. That's why we both started house hacking, but you need to be able to understand both of those factors. Uh, they're very important. So we do have a webinar coming out that's it's going to be completely free. Just go on our Instagram, turn on the notifications. Instagram is going to be the first people to know about it. 
but it's going to be how to calculate the cash flow on a house hack. And we're going to look at it from both perspectives. You know, what is it going to be when you live in the property? And what is it going to be when you move out? And we have a very easy to fill in spreadsheet. You just type in all the numbers. You're going to type in your mortgage payment. You're going to type in what the potential rent is. This is going to account for vacancy. It's going to account for maintenance. And you're going to get a very accurate estimate of what that cash flow is going to be in both scenarios. For sure. And a couple of things to keep in mind, you know, when doing these is there are going to be a couple of changes while you're living there versus when you're not living there. So generally speaking, once you leave the property, your property tax rate is probably going to be, and again, it varies a little bit around the country, but generally speaking about 30 to 35, maybe even 40% higher annual taxes than they are when you live there, generally speaking. And that can vary again, based on the unit spread and things like that, and how your particular county or, or state taxes a multifamily while you live there. But your taxes are generally going to go up once you leave. And also generally speaking, your insurance will likely go up a little bit when you leave. And that can vary as well. Sometimes you just talk with both your insurance advisor and find out what your tax rate will be when you're gone. So that way you can sort of compare and figure out your cash flow numbers a little bit more accurately. But again, the 50% rule that so many people apply to this is very helpful. You know, and then once you get a 50% rule, you can kind of compare that because sometimes people tend to think that it's more of like a 40% rule, meaning only 40% of income is goes to expenses, not including your mortgage. So you kind of want to play around with that, figure out what your area looks like. But yeah, cash flow is so important because it's the lifeblood of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, even if you're still saving up for a down payment or you're not going to buy a house hack for another year, I still encourage you to go to this webinar. We're very close to launching it. It's going to be a couple of weeks out. Just go on our Instagram to get the news when it launches. But I encourage you to go there and start learning how to analyze these properties and calculate cash flow immediately because this is going to be pinnacle to you building a real estate empire. This is going to be what accelerates you and gets you moving faster is finding the highest cash flow properties that you possibly can in your market. So start analyzing them and get very familiar with uh, what kind of properties are going to cash flow in your market. Any closing thoughts? Cool. So wrap it up here, guys. We genuinely appreciate you all being a part of this community. Like we mentioned earlier, reach out to us if we can connect you with anyone, but we value your feedback. We value you just listening and being part of this. We genuinely believe in house hacking. It's radically changed both of our lives. It's radically changed you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people's lives around the country. And that's what we aim to do here. So any thoughts or feedbacks or people you'd like to have us bring on the show, reach out to us, you know, give us your thoughts and even topics that you'd like to get covered, reach out to us and we will do our best to dive deep on each and every topic that you guys genuinely want to hear about. We look forward to hearing from you and we can't wait to answer your questions. All right. Have a great day, buddy. All right. See you, Brad.